AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host, Bar Kelly, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. Today's guest is Peter Voss. Peter's the founder, CEO, chief scientist at AGI Innovations and iGo.ai. Peter's really actually a pioneer in AI and also actually coined the term AGI. Welcome to the show, Peter. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, uh, great. So I actually started out as an electronics engineer and then I fell in love with software and my electronics company turned into a software company. So I actually developed a, an ERP software package and the company grew very nicely from the garage to 400 people and we did an IPO. So that was very nice. Um, love to do that again. But um, the point is when I sold my uh, the shares and you know sold my interest in the company, uh, I, it really struck me. Well, what what do I want to do next? And the thing that struck me is how brittle and stupid software is in general. And you know I was very proud of my own software, of course, but still, whatever the programmer doesn't anticipate or think of, um, it can't do it. You know, software doesn't have any common sense and it doesn't sort of improve and, and learn. And that's really what what I wanted to tackle and. That's what I've ended up doing for the last um, 15 or actually more like 20 years. And then in 2001, uh, I actually started uh, my first AI company, uh, initially pure, purely in an R&D mode to um, build, out, you know, build various prototypes, experiment, and build out the platform uh, of, of AI. And that's really how I, I got into this. Tell us a little bit about the kind of challenges that you're looking to try to solve now, because we all, for, for myself, I've recently got Alexa Squat in our house and our whole family's engaging with it, mm-hmm. but it, it lacks context. Uh, yes, exactly what you say, the lack, lack context and are, are narrow. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that first um, in, in terms of the different types of, of AI. Um, when the, the term artificial intelligence was first coined some 60 years ago, the, um, the original idea was always that AI is, is all about um, general intelligence and learning, that you basically have a thinking, learning, reasoning system. Um, now, originally, the, the, these initial pioneers thought they could crack this in like six months or a year. Um, you know, to get to human level intelligence. Well, it, it turned out uh, decades and decades later that it's really, really hard problem. So what happened over the decades, the field of artificial intelligence really became narrow AI so that uh, engineers would basically take some problem domain, whether it's, you know, playing chess, which of course is famous, um, and figure out how they would basically solve the problem using software. Uh, so it's basically their intelligence solving the, the problem and coding, you know, that particular problem. And the same is true whether you're using AI for, um, you know, medical diagnosis or traffic control or container management or uh, face recognition. They basically, AI has become narrow AI, solving one problem at a time and taking the, the programmer's uh, intelligence and turning it into code. Um, and 
and that's unfortunately really where AI, <coughs> AI has been. And <coughs> part of my research was was basically to uh, say, no, we need to go back to the original uh, dream and intent of building thinking and learning machines that by themselves can learn, you know, with, with help, with our help and coaching and so on, but that they can learn to do these various tasks. And that's ultimately what we want the learning, thinking, reasoning uh, machine. And, and this is where I got together with two other people um, in 2001, and we coined the term uh, artificial general intelligence or AGI, uh, which is now sort of quite popular and, and used to, to basically refer to what AI was right at the beginning. But pretty much everybody uh, in the field of AI right now is actually working on narrow AI. And, and, and you know, this sort of leads me into the, the, the shortcomings of uh, the current systems. They're very, very big challenging problems and people in some ways can underestimate them and probably want results quicker, but they are particularly challenging problems. How do you go about solving some of those problems because it's not like you can check a, a, a manual to kind of look up these solutions or google these solutions right or right. Wikipedia, like every everything else that we're trying to solve right so um so the first thing is really that you need to understand that the problem you're trying to solve is agi general intelligence and you know most people working in ai don't even think in those terms you know it's just well it's narrow ai we're solving one particular problem we're solving one particular type of conversation so how do i know that somebody wants to call uber you know okay well what are all the different ways you can say i want uber and then you write a little app to actually you know have the conversation where do you want to go how many people are going or you know, what type of Uber do you want? And they write this little program and it's basically they're just taking their solution and turning it into code. So to solve the problem of AGI, the first thing you have to um, identify that that's what you want to work on. That's really what you want to do. And then the, the second thing is it, it, you really have to have that long-term vision and you have to have that determination because to solve any particular problem will always be easier by just coding, sitting down and coding something. You know, it's a much bigger project to say, I have a thinking learning engine that can learn these particular skills. So it, it really takes that, you know, determination and recognition. And of course, um, industry, you know, quarter results and, 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 you know, just all the incentives are really working against that. So uh, that's, that's kind of one of the big challenges. But then, you know, even if you believe or understand that, AGI is really what you want and you even have the money to, to, to do that, you still have to then know how to actually do this, how to achieve it. And um, there are not too many people who even have a theory of how to do it because, uh, and, and the, key, the main reason is that most people who try to solve the problem come from an uh, engineering background, from a mathematics background, and they try to solve it sort of as a logical mathematical problem. And while that contribution is important, you absolutely need to be able to think about the problem as like a cognitive psychologist. And so most cognitive psychologists aren't good programmers or engineers, and most engineers, uh, software engineers, aren't really comfortable thinking like a cognitive psychologist. So in addition, you have to have that kind of overlap of somebody who can think about the problem abstractly and then implement it 
in a pr proper engineering terms. Yeah, and you also just really need to have kind of empathy. So I always kind of think of kind of design thinking when it, when it comes to that and how you kind of approach that <laughs> from, the, the, from that user experience. And you don't necessarily set up these kind of teams that using an agile type environment mm. where everyone's got these kind of nice, these nice situated roles or you're doing kind of daily scrums. It's not really going to work like that. These are, these are problems and challenges that are very unique that you're looking to try to solve. Right, right. I mean, on, on our team, for example, um, we have, you know, 12 people on the team and uh, sort of eight people on the team are not programmers. They're actually what we call AI psychologists. So they part, ling you know, they have linguistics training or cognitive psychology training, and they train and teach Igo and, and, you know, work with Igo's mind, so to speak. Uh, and only a small part of our, our team are act do actually the coding and the en engineering. So it's a very, very different approach. But, you know, to get back to your sort of question of the, the, the frustrations and the limitations of, of the current uh, chatbots, um, they all using big data approaches. I mean, that um, DARPA calls this the second wave of AI. The first wave was all the sort of logic programming and um, you know decision trees and, and whatnot that we've had for decades. And now, um, in the last um, five six years, the second wave has hit us like a tsunami. You know that basically it's all about big data, machine learning. Um, the big companies and big corporations have amassed so much data and they have so much computing power that that's a hammer they've got so everything looks like a nail. And you can do a lot of things with big data. I mean, machine learning is very, very powerful. If, if you, you know, if uh, a static statistical approach is, is what you want, you know, if you want to recognize images or do speech recognition by itself or sentiment analysis you want to figure out what does what does this consumer profile what is this consumer likely will will, will they likely buy uh, so to increase your click click rate click through rate those techniques are, are are fantastic and and a small improvement a small percentage improvement can be worth billions of dollars what is the kind of the kind of ultimate benefits that you feel the customers can get from using uh, your kind of conversational ai or your advanced conversational ai systems right so um you know i was talking about the first wave and second wave of ai and and basically what DARPA is calling uh, talking about the third wave of ai is uh AI that can actually think and reason and uh, you know has, has memory and that can adapt to changing circumstances and and that's what we've been working on for the last 20 years we've already commercialized it in the in the call center space very successfully and we now have the second generation of that which we are commercializing more more broadly to the consumer and and in the enterprise now there, there are a couple of very key differences between second wave and third wave or statistical systems and cognitive architecture. And I can list the differences. Um, the key ones that, that directly relate to the, um, to the user's uh, frustration or lack of frustration, whichever way it is, is the current systems, the current chatbots, current technology uh, has no memory. It doesn't remember what you said earlier. Um, they don't learn interactively. You can't teach them new things. Uh, they can't reason. They don't have the reasoning ability. Um, they can't explain themselves. Um, 
so and and because they don't have memory they also don't have context the thing you mentioned you know right right at the beginning so that's not very intelligent you know so if you're dealing with a system that doesn't remember the previous sentence you said or what you said five minutes ago uh, a system that can't learn new things you know can't learn your preferences or can't learn some fact about you interactively uh, a system that can't reason that doesn't have any reasoning ability it's just not very smart so by having a cognitive architecture that has that memory and learning and reasoning you can actually have a meaningful ongoing conversation and the system can get better and more useful over time tell us also about the privacy and how important privacy is and how you've been kind of set from day one about actually making sure that you take that into consideration for the user experience right so our, our vision is you know what what many people see in the future is to have a personal assistant that's more like Jarvis or her, what we see in the movies, you know, something that's really yours, learns from you, adapts. Um, but there are a couple of things that, that, that stand in the way of, of actually achieving that. And um, one of them is, of course, the lack of intelligence in the current chatbots, which we've been talking about. But the other thing is the corporate philosophy. Uh, all of the current chatbots are designed by the mega corporations to serve their agenda. So, you know, the series and Alexis and so they are owned and controlled by the big companies to, and, and your data is, is controlled by them. And they tend to be quite promiscuous with your data, sharing it and using, selling it. So what, what people ultimately want though is they want a personal assistant that they own and they own the data and they control the data. And we actually call our personal assistant a personal personal assistant because the word personal is so important. So that's a... Um, a commitment we've made as a company that we will not sell or share your data. Your data is yours. A little bit, pretty changing gears slightly, do you see a difference in the advances that are happening now with machine learning, with the subset of deep learning in terms of what can be done with data, what inferences can actually come from that, how we're applying it to different challenges or different problems that we're looking to solve. And is that really exciting you at, at the moment? Or do you think we're at this hype cycle that where it's just so much hype and we're actually quite far behind actually looking to achieve what's being set out by the media, academics? Where's your kind of uh, your perspective? I've kind of given you a bit of a guide. I'd say deep learning is the way, but I'm actually just interested to see what your 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 perspective on that is. So I think deep learning, machine learning, is a very powerful technique, but I think it's also way overhyped. It's uh, um, I mean that one the godfather of deep learning, Jeff Hinton, last year said that we should throw it all out and start over. And you know that coming from one of the the gurus of the field he realizes that that's not real intelligence and and i think trying to tweak it and tinker with it uh, you know isn't really going to be very satisfactory it really is throwing it out and starting it over now clearly the technology the techniques and technology have a place in the in, the, in overall sort of ai space or engineering software engineering space and very, they are very very powerful for the right kind of the static statistical kind of applications um, that, that they are. But uh, I think we're going to need to see a shift uh, for, for more people to adopt a cognitive uh, kind of approach. But it's going to be hard because there's a whole generation of engineers that are being trained that really only know deep learning. They don't even know that there, it could be anything else. I mean, right now, if you want to do a PhD in computer science, it has to be on machine learning. 
you want to earn the big bucks you know it, it's machine learning it's basically it's sucking all the all of the oxygen out of the air and 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 and, and that that does worry me that I think to make real progress in AI, we need to get past that. Um, you know, I mean, I look look forward when you the examples you gave of how to use a personal assistant, that you have this personal assistant that you trust, that knows about you, that gets better and learns more about you, but that's also separated from the mega corporation because it doesn't help if you know you have Alexa only recommending stuff that Amazon sells. You know. Or uh, if Google uh, uh, Google recommends stuff that they happen to have ads for, so you really want this fountain of rationality uh, that you can trust yeah. that'll give you good ad- good advice. Peter, where can people find out a little bit more about you? So the simplest way is uh, um, igo.ai. So www. Igo, A-I-G-O dot A-I. Uh, but you can also find me, Peter Voss. Um, if you Google, I'm uh, pretty active on you know, Facebook and uh, uh, Medium and uh, LinkedIn and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Peter, thank you very much. Peter Voss, founder, CEO, chief scientist at AGI Innovations and iGo.ai. Thank you very much for your time today. Great. Well, thanks, thanks for, uh, for having me. It was fun. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. AI Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus Advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. Dot com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.